three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Rack Inspectors. It's the podcast about rugby. Uh, I'm Adam, coming to you from a very wet Johannesburg, uh, weather's pretty shit. Um, and I'm very pleased to welcome Mitch, who is joining us just after 2.30am in Brisbane, in, in Australia. Mitch Evans from rugby, I say rugby onslaught, rugby fixation. I've got it right. How are you, Mitch? <laughs> very good. Thanks, Adam. And um, look, any time is good to talk rugby. Happy to wake up to uh, do this one. And especially with the teams we've got in mind today, I'm very keen to chat um, with hopefully a, a unbiased uh, sort of feather in the cap for this one. Yes, uh, we've, we've uh, asked Mitch and, and he very kindly agreed, especially for the absurd time, to we're going to be talking Aussie rugby previews, especially with the Super Rugby AU and uh, Trans Tasman coming up. He will be helping to cover the Force uh, Rebels and the Waratahs. Uh, and then I guess joining us, I guess there's no way getting around. Ben, how are you? You're here. I'm fine, Adam. Thank, thank, thanks for that. You know, like whatever, 150 episodes <laughs> down. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. You know, I've got, I've got shit going on in my life too. Eh? It's not like <laughs> fuck. You know, like my, my Monday, my Monday, my Monday evenings are not normally just full of invites and stuff, which I always have to cancel. <laughs> yeah so yes i'm fine but thank You're you good. thank you for coming mitch uh, i'm glad to have some level of professionalism on this yeah. podcast <laughs> that's what we've been saying um we're like we're like yeah mitch the professional and then we're like hey mitch has only done like six podcasts and we're like yeah but those six are way better than our ones so. <laughs> you guys are talking me up too much i haven't delivered yet oh you yeah, no, no, no. We've been building it. But, but, but we've had literally, we've literally had a one-tweet Twitter campaign about you. This is as serious as yeah. we get. Okay. Yeah, and that one tweet is like we never tweet before an episode, apart from tweeting the episode. Um, Matt, Dude. how's how's it how's it going in, in uh, Cape Town? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Ben, I just checked the numbers. Apparently, Adam finally snapped at you on episode 165. So a little bit past your 150 guess. Yeah, but I, I would say I've missed 15. Okay, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Did you, uh, are you, are you good, a good Matthew son in the City Bowl? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Comfy, quiet, relaxed. <laughs> Comfy. New looks that's, that's bad. So I'm, I think I officially live closer now to the Stormers after this weekend. You do? Yeah, they're moving to Cat Town Stadium just around Signal Hill, yeah. actually, just I in, think I can in Greenpoint. I think I can see it from outside my flat. I'll go check now. Now. Yeah, it's a big ass. How do you not know that you can see the stadium? How do you not have this knowledge already? Because I generally don't look that direction. I think there's a building in the way. (laughs) I think I'm just just too low. Right. Um, Right. Let's let's move along. So we're gonna just chat a bit of news. Um, then we, we definitely have some uh, curry cup. Um, Metro, would you like us to do the Super Rugby AU previews first or, or curry cup? It's up to you. We'll be guided by you since since you are up and awake. How's, how is the weather in prison, by the way? Is, is it balmy and humid? It's dark. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pitch black, but it is um, it is very hot at the moment. It's um, sort of peak summer and we're getting a little bit of rain coming through. But, um, yeah, the Brisbane's always pretty renowned for being hot at this time of year, and it's not letting up right now. Yeah, I, I, I went to Brisbane like 10 years ago uh, when I lived in Australia, 
the weather was pretty muggy. Uh, nice place though. So uh, it's got two thumbs up from me. You know, I know, I know it really matters. What, what I think, what I think yeah. of Brisbane. <laughs> the, the, probably the highest. Really uh, huh? That's the start of a tourism campaign. I like that. We got two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I went yeah. to the I went to the World War Memorial. The cheapest meal I could find was a McDonald's somewhere in town. Uh, I went to the Botanical <laughs> Gardens, and I remember taking a train up yeah. the Gold Coast, which also was quite mind blowing. Just seeing all that shit on the on the side. It was just like. We, we don't we don't do that in South Africa. Built giant skyscrapers on a beach, so it was it was very interesting. Beautiful beach though, I must admit. So um, yeah, if you if you are in Australia, go to the Gold Coast. It's really lovely. Ben, right, I guess Ben. Remember when Adam yelled at us for pl- our plumbing segues, and then he just went on like plugging Brisbane tourism for like ten minutes. Have we got a sponsorship by Brisbane Tourism now? Like, what the fuck's going on, Wait, man? Hey, like, hey, I'm just trying to do my bit. I, I, I was going to tell you, I went on, a, I did a bowls clinic on the weekend. Can you well. can you plug Mauritius a bit then as well? Because we have no internal tourism, so we're really suffering. But you're do choosing you, to plug Brisbane. Plugging, so. You're plugging Mauritius every almost every episode. It's quite an incremental oh, advantage. Everybody knows no, Brisbane. Why, why, why should Brisbane be competing with Mauritius? <laughs> Mitch, have you been on honeymoon yet? You want to come to Mauritius? <laughs> we did a local honeymoon, but when we can finally travel again, Mauritius will be top of the list. No, come, come along. There's actually a rugby tournament in December. The Beach Carmel World Tens. That'll be... Um... Yeah, your wife does. There we go. You're supporting Adam's wife. You can come watch rugby with me. I'm sure my wife could take your wife to a massage or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, she'll be just about sick of rugby because I'm uh, downstairs at the moment recording in the most soundproof room possible just to <laughs> make sure I'm not waking her. <laughs> but um, yeah, if I uh, don't tell her that there's rugby on at the moment, I think she'd uh, love the trip to Mauritius. Yeah, then just say incidentally. But you also play golf, Mitch. Oh, we could have a hell of a honeymoon, boy. <laughs> Ben's just straight up like, oh, did we just become new best friends? New friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, a story I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the episode, but nobody asked how I am. I, I went on a bowls clinic at the country club. So I was, I was learning how to play bowls. Should we Because, I mean, like, all of them are pretty high risk. I mean, it's. Not great. It's not ideal. No, we all had masks on and stuff. No, no. So, but uh, you were sticking that. your hands on the same little balls? Were they no, sanitizing no. the balls? No, no. First of all, they caught, they caught, we had our own sets, and also the, the guy asked at the beginning, "Who's rolled before?" <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, rolling, rolling, rolling." Adam, anyway. Adam, but why are you why are you telling us? Oh, I have no time. I'm so sleep deprived. I paved the maid twice by mistake, but now you have time for a balls clinic. Uh, what do you? <laughs> So, as I say, let's move on to the news. So, uh, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked. Let's first we'll start off in Australia. Excuse me. Um, apparently, so, Rugby Australia, they're pushing ahead with Super Rugby AU um, as the force are eyeing COVID-19 case numbers in, I assume, it's Perth uh, and the surround. There's a hard border closure um, between New South Wales and Queensland. They'll Actually, sorry, they'll be lifted on Monday as both states move into a low-risk category. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, but even the lowest category requires people traveling to Western Australia from uh, New South Wales and Queensland to quarantine for two weeks, making the logistics of uh, national sporting competition impossible to manage. 
Um, Rugby Australia is hoping both states will be removed from the category before the season starts on February 19th. Excuse me, but there are also ongoing discussions with the government um, to allow the force to return to Perth without quarantining, etc., etc. So, and also, I know New Zealand was it Australia? They've locked their travel bubble with uh, New Zealand for now. They temporarily suspended it. So, uh, Mitch, just in, in terms of the COVID situation in Australia, what is actually happening? So, here cluster outbreaks in Sydney and, and all that sort of thing. How's it looking to affect rugby that side? Yeah. It's sort of annoying, I guess, just on a local level. Is they're responding really drastically to all these claims of cases breaking out, but the case breakouts are never even more than single digits. Like, it's really oh. low case numbers at the moment. So um, I, I think they're seeing the reaction to European countries and obviously uh, South Africa and Japan and America, all these places that have thousands of cases, um, hundreds of thousands of cases to the point. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really low, low numbers here. I think they're just trying to be as... Um, proactive as possible so that they're not getting literally any uh, local transmissions. Um, but all this has been planned with very little, I think, uh, plan B if we do have zero case transmissions because nowhere's really open for convenient. Um, I think they're pretty unlikely to go ahead the full season without doing bubbles and having little clusters mm. that they can play because, um, yeah, all these border restrictions are really temperamental. Like they say they're open, but it'll just take one case and there's a hard closure again. Like we had three cases come in Queensland and we had three days of mandatory lockdown. So they're um, very trigger happy at the moment. Um, this is reacting to news very quickly. Mm. Well, uh, rather keep it low than not. Uh, I guess one, one can say, but you're probably right. Uh, at some point, there will be a bubble set up uh, put in place. I just just keep you in Australia. First is broadcasting. Uh, Stan Sport, I have no idea who they are, but they've settled on a price for the sports package of the launch of the rugby. Uh, apparently, they're going to charge $10 a month for mm-hmm. access to their package, which includes Wallabies tests, Super Rugby, Shoot Shield, the Hospital Cup, um, Mitra 10, and the Curry Cup, as well as Grand Sabs, Wimbledon, and the French Open. That seems like a pretty Aren't they that like deal. streaming service? Oh, for 10. Streaming service, yeah. Yeah, um, stands, stands like a slightly smaller version of Netflix, but um, I think that $10 is going to be on top of any existing membership yeah. uh, so i think because um, oh, the, the, the standard stamp package i think is around ten dollars a month yes, um yeah, I've heard it'll be another ten dollars on top of that if you want this stand sport but i mean I'd, I'd be more than happy to pay yeah like, i was gonna say i was um in comparison yeah, I would yeah think... obviously it's a bit sort of but how like turn what would be the phrase like cancelable is it because can you just at the end of rugby season can you just can until next rugby season. Well, I, I think they probably will allow it because I went through with um, KO and I had done that previously where I only had a first seven, seven or so months that there was rugby on that I wanted to watch. Um, and they've let me redo them without whenever I want. So I'm, I'm hoping if they follow the same sort of model that um, you can just sort of pick and choose because I, I, I don't mind. I'm watching the tennis, but I, I'm not going to probably pay that much for it when I can get bits and pieces on free to wear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what, what's interesting is I'm just seeing it. Obviously, I know very little about the Australian media market. Uh, $25, that's what you pay for KO, which is Fox Stream Stream product, which so they got the NRL, NFL, AFL, excuse me, uh, and Cricket Plus, a whole bunch of stuff. Apparently, Stan's marketing executive is very conscious of charging a lower price to to ensure. That's it. I just, I just wish we had that level of competition in South Africa. That'd be great. 
because ultimately the fans are benefiting. Um, I'm also very interested. I'm very interested to see how shoots shield. Apparently, that was the big carrot. Because I mean, there's that. That's where rugby is actually weird enough from what we read thriving. So, on to watch at least a bit of how the competition doesn't. It's, it's uh, a bit. It's a bit irritating because I'm guessing Mitch that in Australia, like the most common sort of like you have there are a lot of cricket fans, and then it's sort of you either cricket and AFL or cricket and rugby or cricket and and now it seems like you'd actually probably need two packages if you wanted cricket and rugby. Yeah, that, that's been the biggest, I think, um, issue with Stan at the moment is not enough people are going to migrate across just for the rugby. I think that's what I was looking to get the tennis involved, hoping that might pick a few more up. But yeah, a lot of people are realising that if you can watch all of NRL on free-to-wear and most AFL on free-to-wear, that maybe they'll just ditch KO completely and just go for Stan if they just want rugby. But in my workplace, we've got like 140 staff, and there's probably three rugby fans amongst that. Whereas, you know, you have a conversation to any of them about uh, rugby league or AFL. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be the hardest thing is just winning people over. It it sounds it sounds like a terrible place to work. Which... Yeah, <laughs> love the job, hate the sporting culture. That's <laughs> why <laughs> well, you could come to Mauritius. Where you, oh, rugby! Oh, that's the one with the funny shaped ball, hey? And you just like. Oh, <laughs> And golf. You forgot about the golf, uh, Ben. That the no, no, no. It's, it's all it's all football, and they only support teams that play in red. Oh, really? Oh, like a, oh, as a Man United fan, I'd fit in. I'd fit in there. So that, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. So, so you so you can support Man United, Liverpool, or Arsenal. Those are your three options. Ugh. Why red though? What what Mauritian traditional colour is red? I I have no idea. But that's and you like inherit it from your family you like no mm. my father and my grandfather are like arsenal fans so i'm an arsenal fan and then like you know occasionally a kid will be divergent and you know be disowned and like they're very into it for people who have never you know been anywhere near these places but whatever oh, it's on there um not not so into it is so a lot of aussie rugby themed news because we actually have someone <laughs> so australian rugby the last one finally someone's making informed comment yes the um, wallabies players they, they could have test payments slashed by six thousand dollars or more this year as part of a collective bargaining agreement cba that's likely to ensure that all australian players remain 100 percent on their base salaries uh they haven't signed one the ra and the rugby union players association um, and normally these agreements, as I stated, are multi-year, but obviously with COVID and all the uncertainty, it's going to be uh, one year. And it's just going to, be, it's going to go to the Super Rugby franchises who might give the approval in in the coming weeks. So is that match fees, Mitch? Um, yeah, I think it's supposed to be six thousand dollars off for each match they play. Yeah, I'm not sure what the standard rate is, but for England, I think they used to get paid twenty-five thousand dollars a match, and that's been um, cut down a bit. For Australia, I'm sure it wasn't. That would have been maybe just five digits um so i, I think they've just tried to lower that to try and use that money to keep the the non-wallaby super rugby players in australia which just makes sense given the player dream but mm. I, I don't really like all these sort of quick solutions they're coming up with because we're not really sure how long COVID's going to last for so if they have to end up doing this for um, like, you know, five years or ten years um it's going to really affect the number of people that want to play for the wallabies or just want to take you know, rugby opportunities overseas. Okay. Yeah, oh, what? It does, I sort of, I sort of understand the logic that they sort of they're keeping the, say, say, say the base, but it, it doesn't really incentivize your guys who are actually, you know, your guys who will be playing Wallabies mm-hmm. eventually. And then they're like, well, listen, like maybe I can go to England now and I'll only make a little bit more, 
but eventually you'll be making a lot more then. Yeah. Plus, yeah. for the news like this to come out, like the players like Karevi and McMahon and Arnold that have already gone overseas for money, this isn't going to make them want to come back anymore. And these are players that, you know, the Wallabies really need to have back in their squads and the Super Rugby sides could really benefit from. But if they see news like this, they're probably going to stay with their contracts and realise, okay, well, I'm actually going to be getting less money than what I had over there. Um, why would I come yeah, back? It, it becomes a bigger because obviously, uh, well, in South Africa at least, they all take some sort of pay cut coming back, and you know you accept it for you know you're going to be with your family, your lifestyle's better, whatever, whatever. But you know there's only so much of a pay cut that people can stomach before they say, listen, like, you know, I can't, I can't justify halving my salary, sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. And so, and so the wind says, what, what is the situation with the uh, vaccine story in Australia? Because the South African government's been uh, a bit slow on the uptake, to, to put it politely. Has Australia procured already and that sort of thing? I, I haven't kept super up to date with it, other than getting a few sort of Twitter notifications saying that Pfizer's um, got something in plan for Australia. And I think we're supposed to be okay. receiving the sort of first lot of vaccines sometime this week. Um, okay. Which would be going to a very select few. I can't imagine rugby players are super high on the list for um, you know people that are going to be getting it. But um, yeah, I think it's all coming through. But to be honest, and I don't think we're really the highest priority. I know that um, we've probably got a pretty good relationship with England and American places that are developing these vaccines. But the case numbers here are pretty low. I don't think it really makes the most sense to rush it out here when there's places that are probably a bit more. In- Yeah, uh, yeah. Fair point is. It's very altruistic of you, bitch. I would just say, bring it, bring back rugby, bring back crowds. <laughs> if, if it fixes rugby, I'm happy to be selfish, but I'm not sure how much it'll uh, help the immediate effect. But look, I, no. if we can just get rugby playing without crowds, like I don't really care about getting to stadiums if the game's wrong. Like just get these guys in bubbles, get them travelling, you know, with um, restrictions or limitations, but. Yeah, I, I think just try and promote as much normality as possible with the rugby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, well look, we're going to try to get there with um, South Africa. Right? Because there's some comments are made by Brian and Sale, the heads of the Sharks. Um, he was defending the quality of, over the course of the Curry Cup in the local season here has not been great. Um, but I think he just made the point that training sessions have been cancelled, matches cancelled. There's very little consistency for the players to build up a, a good track record. Um, speaking of which, I guess, Jacques Pochita, he's eyeing a return to professional rugby at the Cheetahs, according to the Afrikaans newspaper report oh, he reported on Sunday. But I thought hmm? he'd retired. No, he's been playing Could in France. Mm. Those playing in Japan. No, he went to Japan. He's played Australia. no first-class rugby since 2019, when he came back from Toulon, in early 2019. And he joined the Pretoria club, the Narkabula, in the hope oh, of the catching the eyes of the Bills selectors, but that never materialised. Um, so, good for him. I guess going into that. Um, staying with the Bills, um, Marco van Staart and Eskom, he's a wanted man, again, according to the report. Uh, French clubs, Bordeaux and Bayonne, and uh, there's the Tigers in England. They are all keen to sign him. He's only 25, eh? I feel like Van Staden's been around for ages. Just he's got some he's got some city miles on him, eh? Just as big time here. Um, he's played three tests for the box. Uh, the Bulls obviously can offer him a contract extension along with every other known South African player in the world. 
at the moment. So um, more likely than not, he will probably leave and take the money. Uh, but we, we will see what happens, just, just given the current economics of the situation. And then quickly, uh, Evan Edsbeth, he made his debut at flank. For, um, that's too long, that beats a very annoyed 14-man star Francais. And that was they won 35-13. So is, is, is Edsbeth have a future at flank? Yeah, but Why? Just because they could? Um, because I'm a, they must probably heard stories about Peter Steff to Toy. And like, he plays for the same club, so they thought, oh, it must be an easy shift. Let's do it. No, no, no but, but, but I mean, like, okay, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's doing all right on the flank, because to be honest, the French league, in my opinion, is too diluted. It's not a very strong league, so, you know, Evan yeah. could probably do some damage on at wing at that league kind of thing. But it just seems... What, what does he offer a flank that he doesn't offer at lock? No, nothing extra. Because it's not like he's doing more grunt work, specific grunt work. Like, like, like I would almost, it would almost make more sense to play him at like center and just be like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's just do some damage sort of thing. <laughs> and see what happens if we run them over with a train. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, you're taking you take your lock and you put him, I assume he's the blind side flank. Yeah, they put him at six. Yeah, so maybe he's getting to the the first tackle off the scrum three, four seconds quicker. So yeah, may, maybe he has the ability to make the first tackle. Which... I've, got, I've got the stats from the game. If you want me to go through, because for him, he won two lineouts, won a turnover. He made six from seven tackles, nine Jeez. carries, one defender beaten. 24 run meters, which is pretty good, but I don't know if that's any more or less than he do at lock. Like, it seems like it's a better, you know, six tackles and nine carries. That seems yeah. pretty standard for his work rate. And, and then, then in my view as well, it's a lot harder to find a world-class lock than a world-class flank. Hmm. Well, a, a good lock and a good flank, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, it just seems... <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to prove with that idea, but I don't know. Yeah, watch, um, watch the space. Uh, I guess one can call it if you want to say that match. Um, I guess look, that's, that's another segue. I'm on fire tonight. In terms of not watching the space, we did have a Curry Cup here in South Africa, the semi-finals, uh, and the Bulls and Sharks have advanced to the finals. But both games weren't great. In particular, the Bulls Lions game was not great. At oh, all. I thought I thought the Sharks Stormers game was worse. Shocks, yeah, generally yeah. handling was terrible. Yellow cards. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think there's a reason you don't play rugby in like midsummer. Like, yeah, like it's heat. And, and it was hot, dude. It was uh, hot on Saturday. It also, yeah, so. I was gonna say if you want to shit on the province sharks game, it also drizzled year around about then. No, no, no. But the province, but also like the province sharks game. The sharks in the second half were like playing like touch rugby. Like they kept on taking like quick taps and it's like what the fuck are you guys doing? It's uh you know it's a semi final. It's knockout rugby. Like yeah. I but don't the, know. They 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 the were Lions? playing like it was a bloody barbarians game. Yeah. Um, I mean the Lions weren't really playing fairly knockout rugby either. They were also fucking around. Not as bad as the Sharks, but they were also. Yeah, but the Lions were the Lions were fucking around out of sort of incompetence. You know, no one could catch the ball, so they kept on like being forced to like turn around and run back. You know, mm. but the Sharks were deliberately 
you know, when you have a penalty sort of between the 22 and the 10 meter in your own half, why would you quick tap that? Because, I don't know. And this is when there are three points down. Like, I don't know. It seemed strange decision making. I liked, um, I liked the look of Hendrickso, though. He, he was giving me flashes of TJ Perinara. Mm. Hmm. Lovely. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the case of my draft research, eh? Um, let me quickly go to my spreadsheets here. Christ, you have spreadsheets. <laughs> of course I do. I'm, I'm, this year's my year. I'm telling you. Two so up there. As I say, it's got to be McDermott one, and then maybe Weber, maybe Smith. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, yeah, actually, yeah, we, we'll get to that because I got Kibeti, but I don't even know if he's playing. I've seen mixed reports, so you'll be able to. Inform us on that. Um, do you guys also have any other feedback from the Curry Cup games? Um, yeah, they won. Morno staying, hit another milestone. Blah blah blah. So it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it. it but you know, think, it's, it's off standard for the tournament. Yeah, in context of like, this was essentially the first week that they had a full week of training ahead of like any matches. Also, kind of. Ugh. Like, it almost makes me slightly more sympathetic towards the standard of rugby played. No, I mean, I, I do feel sorry for it. It's been a bit of a mess. Um, do, you know what I, do you know what I feel sorry for now is they basically got, like, no turnaround. Because when's this, like, a Rainbow Cup slash Impromptu Curry Cup slash whatever meant to start, like? Well, the Franchise Cup's supposed to start fucking soon. And I yeah, don't like, shit, the... give these oaks give these a break, like... Like that, God, oh, it's it's summer, dude. It's hot. Franchise. Just as the morning does laugh, that kick through here. Okay? Dan Carter all the shit. Little tap kicks and all that sort of stuff. Oh, he's still got it. I saw an article saying they reckon he should be the scrum off for the Lions tour. A fly off for the Lions tour. I mean, if Pollard. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that. I think that's a bit counterproductive. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'd rather just blood someone else. And then obviously the Sharks-Western Province game, as Matt hinted earlier, was the last ever game uh, at Newlands. Um, and probably particularly his last game for this for Western Province as well. He's, he's reportedly heading to the Sharks. Um, With the, well, that's, I think that's fairly solid rumours now, now that they announce the sharks announced that partnership with Khaleesi's fucking uh, representation yeah with uh, his yeah. representation agency definitely um, and, and the disintegration of western province rugby continues uh, I think it was like 9-12 at some point I think someone made a point in the group it's like a classic Newton's derby 9-12 who made that know? point what wasn't me it was too clever <laughs> No, it's a disappointing Newlands derby, really. Yeah, so I think the final score ended up... 19-9. Oh, 9 Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the Sharks are probably for a try. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just leave it there, because it says it's not been... The, I mean, it, it's... Uh, is the, the final is in Pretoria. Um, we have a dodgy... Well, it's like cloudy weather forecast for the whole week. It's like... The hangarounds of a tropical system here, or something like that. So the weather will hopefully be a bit better for rugby, uh, and maybe a bit more of a better game as well. So we will look on to the Curry Cup uh, as as one does. But right, moving on to 
the real reason we're all here. We got Super Rugby in Australasia taking place. And uh, Mitch, who is, as I said, has very graciously joined us. Um, you're going to be taking us through just the three Aussie teams you mentioned, Force, the Warriors and the Rebels. And in terms of how we how we go about things, we, I think, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, sorry, my memory's quite bad. <laughs> it is we name ins and outs, just uh, players joining and coming and going, key players uh, just across the team, uh, some young guns that you have your eye for, and just one or two players that, if injured, would be a giant fuck-up for the team. So I guess we can start with the team I know literally the least about the Rebels. Um, how are the Rebels looking this year, Mitch? The Rebels, I reckon, have one of the best possible starts to this because they're being talked about the least out of all the Australian teams. So I think they've got a little bit of an element of surprise they could potentially work with. Because I think for most places in Australia and overseas, they've been saying Brumbies and Reds uh, to battle for first, or if I wasn't forced to battle for um, last. And so it sort of leaves Rebels in that sort of middle area where they could either rise to the occasion or join the bottom dwellers. So I am... I'm probably leaning that they're closer towards the back end of the ladder, but I mean, looking at the team, they actually got seven out of 15 wins last year, so they're not too bad. Um, I mean, by Australian standards. And as we look at the players that are brought in, um, there's a few big names like Bruce Van Neck. He's a really promising um, tight head prop to look out for. He um, plays in Brisbane at club level. They won the um, local championship this year, and he's a real freak if he um, gets game time behind. Uh, the biggest in is Joe Powell. Obviously, bringing him in mm. from the Brumbies, I think, just shores up uh, their back line a lot because you know, look, they probably need someone that's just a really out-and-out um, playmaking nine, not just a running nine, because I've had sort of Ryan Lawrence and um, Frank Lamani to do that recently, so Joe Powell's their big in there. Um, they've got a lot of sevens players and rugby league players, so I don't think that necessarily helps them. I think they've got like some good athletes but not some great rugby players. So um young Tonamapaya, he's probably a good chance to start on the uh, right wing. So he's come across from the Gold Coast Titans and the NRL. I think he got fifteen tries in about fifty games. So he's got an okay scoring rate but not not great. Uh then Lockie Anderson and Lewis Holland uh, and Jarrell Skelton have come across from the sevens and um None of them are probably likely to start straight away. Skelton could get a chance. Is Skelton um, a, rela- a relation of Paul? Yeah, he's a cousin or oh, a, okay. a, a second cousin or something like that. So he's um he's got a bit of the size but more of the speed. Okay. Um, he's he's got this absolute wrecking ball highlight clip um for the sevens, but inside word is he's not as hard a trainer or quite as um good at all the uh, tight stuff as say like a Michael Wells or a um, Brad Wilkin or someone like that so he, he might start just for that sort of X factor but I don't think he's going to be a, a mainstay in the team straight away um, but the other name that's probably the biggest one is Ed Craig I think he's um, he's a great hooker he's come up from um, or come down rather from the Reds he had a bit of time there but he mm. <laughs> played a lot of shoot shield right and he's he's been a big void for them I'm adding him to my sheet here. Um, as, 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 you, as you may have heard, have you just got have you just got Mitch here to like give you like insider insider trading tips for Australia? Yeah. Oh. Well, anything. It's just I'm sad because yeah, Mitch just um, in the last couple of years, obviously Jordan Lucy have been a big fan of his, but Ben's always picked Orangi 
Just to, you know, just just, just oh, abandon. Yeah. And Rangi always Rangi always outscores you. <laughs> so when you mention, oh, Ed Craig, another that, good hooker. That's actually that's actually why I'm not playing this year. I've just made up the second child thing. It's actually um, it's actually because I can't get me some Rangi. What's the point of playing if you can't get Rangi? Uh, but, but more serious note, the one thing I noticed is um, the propping department. Uh, who, did, who did I have noted that I actually had this year? It seems like they got quite a couple of young guys. It's like, and forgive me if you pronounce it, it's like Pone, um, Fire Masili. Sicily. Yeah. Do you know much about him? Yeah. Or just up front? Just seen, and Cameron Orr. What do you mean you don't uh, know much seen... about him? He's the king of the kick return. <laughs> Yo, what do, you, what do you mean? Uh, Adam, that's when they had a Twitter poll about should he run it back more. Don't you remember that they're like, they, everyone was chirping them like, oh, you guys are like coaching over Twitter now. Yeah. Um, Mitch, are there those uh, silly rules they had last year? The 50, 22, and the. Oh, yeah. No, from, from what I'm saying, they're trying to scrap some of those just so that when they do the. um. The trans doesn't yeah, yeah, more I was thinking when, when, they, when they cross over, obviously that's interesting. Well, I was gonna say it'd be interesting depending on whose home team is whose whose rules you're playing this weekend. Yeah, you, know, you just force yeah. the New Zealanders to play weird rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was kinda of annoyed because I'd see the Minor Ten Cup where they're playing, you know, the same rules as Test Rugby, the same rules as Super Rugby. But then the Australians would always have these weird rules in NRC, like tries were worth different amounts of points, kicks were worth less. Uh, you know, you'd get more points for running. Like, it, it's great for attacking rugby to try and sell the game, but it doesn't actually help the Wallabies or anyone that's actually trying to play proper rugby. So yeah. I'm hoping they just stick to uh, regular rules for it. Yeah, yeah um, well, we, we, are, we have Varsity Cup here, and they're always doing weird. Well, here in South Africa, there's Varsity Cup. And they're always doing weird things like they're doing like nine point tries and like a weird, they're like a weird thing where you could like send one of the opposition players off for a while, or like a sort of like a power play kind of thing. And yeah. and then like what, what like, well, mainly Alex's big gripe was that like varsity cups, a lot of people's like introduction to rugby, if you know what I mean. Like mm. it, it's kind of like the first rugby they'll actually ever watch. And then there are all these weird rules and they're like, well, what the fuck's going on when they actually watch weird uh, when they watch normal rugby? Yeah, it's sort of it's nearly having two different sports, and so like you're splitting the market a little bit. If they're like, well, actually, no, I just like this version because there's more tries scored, or there's you know less uh, downtime for penalties and stuff. So yeah, it's a bit odd. Yeah, true. Mm. Uh, um, if you had to talk, if, and in terms of. Um, couple of key players uh, and young guard and when you kind of cover that already who do you have your eye on and also critical guys if, if the rebels lost that it'd be a, a severe problem well the ones that stuck out for me um clearly is ulysses i mean i think with the rangi gone he was always the backup because ulysses is supposed to be you know the, the prince of his promise is supposed to be like you the backup to Raggy. The backup. Oh, a dagger to so, my heart. So, so Raggy was obviously yeah. the first choice the whole time. And then Ulysses, you know, just occasionally when Raggy was injured or whatever, and Rob Abel couldn't make it, would get some game time. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, Ulysses got Wallabies caps before he played like three games of Super Rugby or something like that. So he was always supposed to be this freak, but he never played more than three games in a row. So um, he had a really good run last year, but I think if he gets injured, 
you're relying on Ed Craig. I think they've got mm. one other guy, Declan Moore, in the development system. But, um, yeah, you, you really want Yelsey to play the full season. Mm. And then the other player that, you know, if, if he gets injured, they're in trouble is Tamua. Just, I mean, he's probably... But he is their only experienced 10 in the squad. I know people say Bruce Hodgkins within there. Um, I don't think he should, even at Super Rugby level. I think he's just got other positions he's better at. Um, Carter Gordon's a nice get from the Reds. Like he's turning 20, I think, tomorrow or something like that. But he's um, so he's very young, very experienced. But he's a good player from the making. But I think if they lose to Miller, then that's all their experience. That's all their playmaking ability sort of gone from that channel. I guess if they if they lost to Moore, they'll stick Hodge there and then they'll sort of play off Powell more, huh? Yeah. And and that's not a bad thing because Powell's a great passer. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you sometimes wonder if you have like a... I guess Tamua is a more... He's not like an out-and-out playmaking fly-half. You know, he kind of wears both hats a bit. Sort of like Andre Pollard. So uh, yeah, yeah, maybe gonna... he can sort of he can sort of fold into Powell if Powell decides to play it at the same time. Yeah. It, it is interesting that Powell... Um, is, and under Nick White, he's gone to the Brumbies. Uh, and Powell's very much a rhythm guy. Uh, he builds phase, and that's, I mean, it's a bit of a generalization, but White's got a bit of a better boot. So it'll be interesting to see the style of rugby that, that the Rebels play. Uh, I know Artin Asaran, he's, he's at eight. So also he'll be doing, I'm sure, a, a shit ton uh, of grunt yeah. work. Um, if you had to call where they finish in the conference, I mean, you, you, you said the, 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 what the chatter is, what's your view out of the five? And do you think they'll make Trans Tasman? Uh, well, or is that everybody? Uh, yeah, the, the logo across the play, Trans Tasman, I think. In the local comp, they're probably going to come third. I think okay. they're probably just right in the thick of it. Um, but when it gets to Trans-Tasman, I think they're probably going to come third last. Like, I think they're probably not better than any of the Kiwi sides. Mm. Um, it, it takes so much for them to click because there's so many Wallabies in the back line in particular, but they've never really connected very well. They've always been a team of great individuals and not really great, um, you know, they don't gel well, they don't connect well. And I think they're actually losing like players like Bill Meeks and um, Tom English and Andrew Kellaway. They're not really big names, but they've been sort of mainstays in the back line for a little bit. What the fuck am I supposed to draft at centre now? Just wait, wait, wait. You just ruined my... Tom English, the the most bad centre of all time has gone. Yeah, I I, I was about to ask, because you like key players to get that get injured and you didn't mention Tom English. I I was already dreading the worst. Matt, Matt was just waiting for Tom English to get mentioned. He's like, it's, it's yeah. weird, Mitch hasn't brought up Tom English yet. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, I, I just want to go back. I want to go back very quickly because hmm. um, you were talking about the props before. And I think yeah. the one player to watch out for is Cameron All. So he's um he's pretty likely to start at the loose head prop position. But he's not exactly young. He's sort of 25, I think, turning 26 this year. Hmm. Yeah, he, um, he played two seasons for Gloucester um, and got oh, like, a lot okay. of game time. He's played 30 games for Force and Rebels combined. But the big thing is, across all of those games, he scored, I think, four or five tries. And he had like five tries this over the last two years. So he's um, oh. he's a pretty sneaky option. Like, he gets through a lot of work, but he's also he's got one of the best set of hands for any front role. So he's um, he's definitely someone that could be sort of like a reserve are, prop that you get. Are you saying he's He's an Arizona a to, a Tom and Lolo type character, the top try scorer in Super Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you making a huge fantasy call right now that this is the next Tom and Lolo? Um, I was going to say Charlie Pamoino. Yeah, 
Is this a chest oh. to put my cards on the top? Is that one of the... Um, oh, oh, congrats. congrats. Yeah. Oh, good, good form. <laughs> 10 points to you, Alex. I'll be very happy about that. That's part of the rocking sectors. Our TAFL sponsorship's fallen away. We're now sponsored by Brisbane Tourism. Yeah. <laughs> and 4x beer. I think they're, 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 they're yeah. in Queensland. So. Uh, um, I, I don't know if I can say it's Tom Lola level, but yeah, he's one to watch. Maybe a, a, your third property you think. Be a good okay. One. No, I've moved them up a little bit in my uh, in my draft sheet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep picking you for draft tips. Um, I guess speaking of draft, they're very bad segue. We'll go. We'll go to the Tars. Um, they've they've shared a ton of experience. Michael Hooper isn't there, so immediately it's a very different team. He's in Japan. Yeah. He's been the one mainstay. Uh, Jake Gordon, as I noted earlier, he's been named captain. Sam Wikes, he's been brought in um, as well. It looks a very different squad <laughs> compared to what I saw last year. So if you yeah. could just take us through through the tires, please, and just, and just let us know what's happening there. Um, I'm glad you brought those things up because I was going to look through the ins and outs of the team. But one of the things that stood out is they're losing 360 test caps worth of experience. I thought you were going to say so 360 like... kilos worth of experience. <laughs> Even more with the uh, bulky frame of Rob Simmons leaving, that's a that's a hefty chunk right there. Yeah. But they're um they're losing so many big players that it's going to be hard to replace. So they've lost 360 test caps. They've brought in across all eight players that they've signed. They've got a combined 140 Super Rugby test caps. So like, uh, not Super Rugby test caps, sorry, just Super Rugby caps. Um, so. There's so many experience, and 97 of those how, caps. How, are just how, many of those, how many of those is Wikes, though? Yeah, because he must be <laughs> like 100 odd. Yeah, he's 97 of those 140. So the rest, you've got like a few to Parisi, a few to um, Jack Wedden, one to Dave Brecky. Dave Brecky played one game for the Tiles in 2015. So, like, they're really calling on some pretty inexperienced players. But um, I, I think out of that lot, Izzy Parisi, six out is a great get because I need someone that's a bit more X-factor in the back line. So he's probably the biggest um, draw, I think. To, and someone to replace Carmichael Hunt, who wasn't an X-factor player, but just knew the game well and was a very smart rugby player, and that's what Parisi can bring. Um, but Jack Wedden, he's probably the player to watch. Just He's got this terrible record. So he um, was playing for first division in England, and he played 39 games and scored 39 tries. So... It's an incredible work rate for a lock, but he um he holds the record for the most squandered tries in a in a career. So out of those thirty nine games, draft pick. It, Sounds it, like my so favorite. Of the, oh, it, it's so I thought oh thirty nine tries in thirty nine games that's ridiculous, but he dropped the ball over the line twenty seven times in those thirty nine games. So like what? He could have oh, nearly no, doubled yeah. his yeah he could have nearly doubled his try hole. This way, and, and and this guy's a lock. Yeah, he's a lock. Yeah. Well, how's he in these positions? Like, what kind of lock is he? He's an absolute wrecking ball. So he's he's like 205 centimeters, 125 kilos. Uh, he's got the club bench press record at Highlanders. So he had a 200 kilo bench press. So, like he's a oh, wow. he's a big guy, but he's um, I, I think he plays a lot in the loose. Um, doesn't have the best set of hands, but he's got a super high work rate. So. He's um he's also not a bad, I guess probably a third choice lock if you're just looking for a smoky that might deliver. What do you mean third choice? This guy's going second round. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, this, guy, this guy's got your name written all over him, man. There's, there's, there's nothing. I mean, Tom English is gone. I may as well pick someone else now. 
Exactly. Right. I mean, like he's just an absolute. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> pure Ben you, right now. Do you, do you know what? You 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 couldn't you couldn't sell this better to Matt if you just. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's one to look out for. I'll um I'll happily see you in his uh in his team. I'd love to get his name out there and have a few players picking him up. Quentin. <laughs> do you th- do you think we can do you think we can zone him as a center so he can become the most mass center? <laughs> oh please, let's let's start talking. I'll, I'm who, uh, I think Big Alex is the one who always leads the charge for re repositioning centers. I think I'm just gonna send him a quiet little DM <laughs> Nana. <laughs> Remember how much he fucked up when he was like, no, this guy's not a center, this guy's not a center, and then like no one could find fucking centers because he re-zoned them all. So, yeah, like, like he re-zoned they, all the centers. There literally weren't enough centers starting. Oh god, I remember that. It was last year's season, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, 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 I'll quietly slide into his DMs, no, no. <laughs> Just plant the seed early. Just make, make, um, make a big push for. With, with the Waratahs and the players that are mm. missing, I think Carmichael Hunt's going to be uh, the biggest loss. I know Hooper's the best Where player. Where did Hunt go, out of curiosity? He's just released. They just, I think, Waratahs are in such a financial crisis that they just they couldn't afford to pay him. He didn't even have a super high salary. But I was going to say, I mean, surely out. he's on parole. He's not earning much salary. Yeah. <laughs> it was more so the fact that he just had that what of his experience and that sort of automatically you know bumps up the amount oh, that you're expected to get yeah. paid. But I think because he's thirty-two or three, surely maybe even older. So I think they just thought. No, well, he's like, like he's de- he definitely lost a uh, lost a few ticks as well, like of speed and. Like, he definitely yeah. wasn't the player he was after he came back from his little misadventures. Yeah, and, and that's been his biggest issue, is he just he probably doesn't have a position that he's best at. Like, he, he's not such a great, great playmaker. You could have him as your Wallabies 12 or even, you know, a Super Rugby 12. He just sort of scraps in. But he doesn't have the speed to be anywhere else. So he did a good job for the Tars, but um, I think they just thought, no, we can sort of build towards the youth now. No, no, it's, it's, it's fair enough. He is... I wonder if he's actually going to go back to uh, rugby league. Oh. If he can't get a contract in Japan, I think it'll make the most sense. But I don't know how many teams have taken because he lost so much weight to play rugby that I don't know if yeah. he's going to be bulky enough for league. I reckon, I reckon you should be able to pick up a contract in Japan, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but they they're quite a moral bunch in Japan, like ex cocaine fiend. Um, too well on the who's, there, who's playing number eight for their national or was? Who did they try very fucking hard to make sure he could try and play number eight for their national side? Yeah, he's not a cocaine feed. He's just a, a, a salter. A convicted fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you know, an assaulter. I'm glad I went to the, awesome the lesser to evil. with these complex terms. Ben, Ben, let's not lie. Ben, Ben, I think we... Oh, wait, we did discuss assault's actually not that high on the immoral standard like two weeks ago on, on, on air. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> and my, my, my standards have changed as COVID, you know. I don't care anymore, whatever. People can just do what they changed. want. <laughs> Everything's changed, especially the law regarding assault. Um, how's the front row, front row looking? Because you got uh, Gus Bell, he was a bit of a breakout season last year. Harry Johnson-Holmes, who's picked up some experience. Robbie Abel, he's there and thereabouts at, at, at her too. 
Um, how, how are they looking up front? Because the Waratahs have been a little bit light in the pack in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. The Waratahs have just done a really typical Waratahs thing. So last year they had about eight props in there, and there was three of them that they didn't use just because they didn't see fit to give them game time. So they sort of rotated a lot of time between them. And then they've lost Rory O'Connor and Tom Robertson. So, um, yeah, as you said, Angus Bell and Harry Johnson Holmes are great. They should start. Um, Tetra Faulkner, he's experienced. He's not, you know, the greatest player in the world, but he's pretty handy to have. Um, and someone else they brought in that could be pretty handy if they don't use Chris Talakai is um, Alifacio Totola. So he's um, he's just come up from Shoot Shield, but he's played um, for the Tonga in the 20s. He's 26. He's had a bit of game time and experience, so he's, he's actually going to be pretty solid to have. Probably not like a, a wrecking ball, but like if they brought him on with 20 minutes to play, he'd be pretty solid. And, and just and a key player? I mean, I, I mean, look, I'm looking at Will Harrison. Sorry, it sounds odd. I mean, he's like 21, 22. He's really young. Who's behind him if he gets injured? And he, and he did come along a little bit last year, look a bit more comfortable, uh, particularly around kicking around the park and that sort of thing. Um, who's supporting him? And then is he the key man? I know he's really young. Um, who else do you have in mind? Between Will Harrison and Jake Gordon, I think that halves combo okay. they need to start every game just because their backups are such a far distance behind them. Mm. Um, and they're both really good, so I'd be happy with both of them starting. Be happy with both of them in my fantasy team. Um, be happy with both of them being in Wallaby squad. So they're both really good. Behind Will Harrison is probably Ben Donaldson. He was in that same under twenty team for the um, under twenty Wallabies, and mm. he's probably more of a fullback, but he's a pretty good playmaker as well. So I think. Unfortunately, they'd have to try and rush him in if that was the case. Um, but they also brought in Tane Edmund from the Shoot Shield, and he's got a bit of a killer boot. He's um, really comfortable at this level. Like, he could step up pretty easily. I think he wouldn't be as flashy or, you know, quite as damaging in attack as Harrison, but he, he's um, he could do a slightly better job than Mac Mason, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah I was going to say, have they have they put Mac Mason out? Some Gilgronies. He's um, yeah, he's he finally is, is he in the Gilgronies? He's uh, that, oh. that's the team I'm supporting. Then, if that's the case, is he really gone there? Yeah, um, said, I think he's uh, fine over the oh. Yeah, they obviously don't listen to our podcast. Yeah, the Gilgronies and the Giltinis, they must both owned by the same Australian. Oh, they own by Australians, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Australian holding company. Mac, Mac Mason's a good name for an American person. Like, I reckon he'll do quite he'll well. Do, he'll be a fan favorite, especially in Austin. Yeah. Austin, oh. Mac, that's Mac Mason country. Yeah, there's definitely really like eight people called Mac Mason there. Like, you'll have a stand of just people called Mac Mason. Um, Sorry, Adam, what was that? Adam, you well, talking about Well, where they're going to finish. Mitch? Hello? Um, yeah, they just came through. Um, I've actually got them finishing fifth. I think they're, they're just so young. They're so young. Mm. Um, I'm excited. I was looking through the team, and like their most experienced test player is Jack Dempsey, who's not even a current Wallaby. Like <laughs> they just they don't have. They've got a lot of exciting players. They got a lot of like really promising talent, but they're the kind of team that you'd sort of expect to have like a really flashy great game and all the young guys sort of switch on and then you know sort of get beaten by 20 to 30 points next week so uh, yeah I, I can't see them 
really finishing higher than fourth, but I think the force will actually probably fit them this year. Okay. Um, well, you just mentioned the force. Let's, let's move on to the force, and then, and then we can wrap up afterwards. Sorry, I know we have run, run over a bit. Um, ins and outs. I know Rob Kearney. That's the one name that stands out. I know he's getting a little bit longer than the two. Uh, what's Kearney? Or Connie? Is it Connie? Connie? Connie, yeah. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, how, how the force... <laughs> Love force looking. I know the sign. Look at the Irish. You should be able to say that, Dave. I'm not Irish. <laughs> Show us your Irish accent, Adam. Jeez, no. No, I just watched normal people. Emails again. Yeah, I know that'd be a hate crime. Um, no, I can't do it. Uh, so yes, yeah, that's another force. I thought about it. Don't worry anymore. I'm here for the Irish accent. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Mitch, Mitch refused to do the force unless Adam does his Irish accent. Uh, okay, I'll try. Very, very quickly. Um, oh, God. So I've been watching an Irish show, so I'm trying to channel that. Um, how are you? I'm going to kind of leave it at that. Like... <laughs> a true native tongue. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good crack, like. Yeah. Um, go Go down to the pub? No, that's British. Sorry, I just slipped into... That wasn't even British! Just your normal voice, you just said something a British person would You just asked yeah, someone to go down to a pub with you. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the... Um, the Force look really good with the players they've brought in. So, obviously, I think the biggest player they've already lost before they got him, so Julian Montoya. Hmm. Oh, Masu coming through? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, Julian Matoja was their biggest player, but he's um, he's since gone to Leicester, so it's going to be a big loss for them. They've brought in Jack yeah, What happened? There were, there, there were like visa issues or something? Uh, yeah, something between visa issues and there's like some sort of contingency on the contract. So what I think is probably more likely to have happened is that you know, he realised how difficult it was going to be. Um, there was some sort of, you know, small error that he could use to get out of it and realise how I can get paid more to play at Leicester, probably have a better quality of life, probably get um, you know, a bit more money for it, so why not? Although, apparently, mm. I mean, how many Jaguars are there now at the Force? Are there? Like, he would have been, like, one of six. Uh, yeah, they've still got uh, four new ones. So, Santiago Medrano, he's... Um, He's probably going to start at tight head for them. So yeah. he's a great get. Really um, Thomas Lozano, he's probably going to start at seven for them. Um, oh. he, yeah, he's pretty solid. Uh, Thomas Cabelli, he's... Yeah, but he's the one that's got the biggest question marks just because their captain last year was Ian Pryor, who played scrum half as well. So, mm. I mean, logical thing to me would just be screw that, put Cabelli in straight away because he's better. Because you've spent so it, much money getting him there as well, surely. Yeah. But I'm concerned with the Western Force coach that he's going to be quite um, probably a little bit too respectful to players that were already in the squad. Ah, uh, sure. So, so even though they've brought in like Kibeli, um, Miotti, Kurandrani, um, Tony Pulu, all these players, I still think there's a chance that players like Pryor and Donald Lance and um, Richard Kahui start above them. So I think that's going to be the hardest thing for them to balance is just... I would be putting pretty much all these players straight into the starting team, but yeah. I think they're trying to, you know, 
limit that a little bit just so that the players that were there have that sort of uh, cohesion already in place. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is tough. But are these, because obviously the Force fans, well, they claim they're quite loyal. I don't know if they actually are. You know, obviously it's easy to say you're the most loyal fans once your team's been, like, you know, given up on. But do you think it will actually hurt the fans if they kind of just bring in all these kind of mercenaries? No, I I think they just want to win. I think um, they can respect it they'll um you know not look quite the same that they've got a bit of a barbarians flavor but uh, honestly i think after playing so well last year with their squad and getting zero from eight wins i, I think they'll just be happy to get a win somehow um the biggest challenge is because western force finally just opened up their borders like for western australia they need to get a home game because their home games will be sellouts they'll get you know thousands to mm. pack in there if they've got crowds so um that'll be their biggest thing if they can't play home games again they're going to really struggle Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was actually going to ask. Are they, are they, so they're going to be crowds, obviously. It's looking like it at the moment. Um, I think from understanding, it would be sort of limited percentage capacity. So at the end of last year, I went to um, the Wallabies match in Brisbane, and there was, I think, I don't know if there's like forty percent capacity they had it limited to, something like that. So. But um, is it one of these things where it's limited capacity, but then they put everyone in the same place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were surrounded by people, so it, it made no sense. It made no, you know, yeah, like, reason like why you're And the biggest issue was they had like the limited capacity for the spectators, but there was more than double the amount of like ancillary stuff that normally have there. Like people sort of um, ushering people in, people you know, monitoring drinks and monitoring like all that stuff to try and make sure it was so COVID safe. They had, I reckon, it would have been like two hundred and fifty to three hundred staff in there. Yeah, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I know a lot of these. I think if if we have another pandemic, hopefully we don't. I think we're going to be a lot. I think we'll have learned a lot from this one because yeah. some weird decisions are made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just as, as we look wrap wrapping up for the force in terms of key uh, key players, uh, and just lastly, if anybody got injured where the whole thing would fall apart. Uh, and, and then I guess obviously your prediction, well, I guess you've already implied they're going to finish third. Um, so yeah, who are the key guys to watch out? I wish we had time to chat about fantasy and <laughs> I'll harass you on WhatsApp, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that another time. Um, so yeah, yeah. just your key, key players of the force? Uh, so key players for them, I think um, Domingo Miotti, if he starts at fly up, I think he's probably the most exciting talent they've got. Um, mm. Definitely not the most experienced, but... He's such a good attacking fly half that I think if they can get him minutes, that'll be great. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner, he can play lock or blindside flanker. Um, mm. Make sure to message Alex and say that you're listing him as a lock just so you've got like a standout pick there because there's already so many back rolls to get to drop. But um, yeah, he's he's a great option. I think he was the highest averaging lock last year. So um, he, he just does all the work for them. Um, and that, that sort of leads me to the biggest hole if they're injured is... They brought in Ryan McCauley from the Waratahs, and he's their only player that's over 200 centimetres tall. So they've got no locks. They've got so mm. few players that can actually step in there. Um, Adam Wright, seriously. Yeah. Lee Warner, he's 194 centimetres. He's their third tallest player. After that, you've got all these back rowers that they say they can play in the locks, but um, 
you know, like I think their next tallest is Brunard Stander, who's 190 centimeters. So like, they really need to keep Thrush healthy. Um, they really need to keep McCauley healthy, and they need to keep Lee Warner healthy. So I'd be really just not limiting it to one play, but just the whole locks in general. They they've got such little experience there. Um, and then the player that sticks out, the young guy to watch, is Angus Wagner. So he probably won't start because they've got um, Tom Robertson and Santiago Medrano in. But he's only 23. He had this. Um, he played three fantasy games last year, I guess. So we've got three fantasy scores of 38, 42, and 31. So he scored really well in his three games. Um, but the reason why he's big is because other than the two new guys, uh, Kieran Longbottom's 36, Chris Heiberg's 36, and Greg Holmes is 38 this year. So like, there's so many old props in their squad. I think just you know being youthful is going to be so much on his side just for getting minutes, um, you know, and actually getting some decent game time to start with. Uh, okay, yeah, and then and there you have it, uh, Mitch. Thank you so much for for coming on. Look, we're just pushing past the three thirty now, mm-hmm. yeah, your local time. So uh, we really appreciate you coming onto the show. No, we had a good laugh. Um, it's actually been a very thoughtful discussion because you're the one driving it. So yeah, <laughs> we, we really <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, look, guys, we're going to wrap it up, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank, thanks so much. But, yeah, next week we'll be covering probably some more New Zealand teams. Uh, might even look at the Queen, the Queensland as all their squads out and, and the Brumbies. I mean, why do we need? We don't need to look at Queensland. I've already pointed out their best prospect. So that's... <laughs> cool. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Mitch. I really appreciate it. I, I, I enjoyed that one. So I, I don't, didn't mean to rush. It's just it's. I know we. It's getting a bit late here. Ben's got dad duties and stuff and uh, and all that jazz. So I'm going to play. Oh, all good. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great. Great to have the first episode of the Inspectors uh, in the camp. Oh yeah. Do you know we we really didn't push our ruck, our ruck Inspectors tag. <sighs> I blame oh, our, I blame our lead, Adam. If, if, I've sent a very yeah. dodgy photo sorry, to I Adam. Sorry, I forgot. I don't think about just, it. I don't think about it. Should we just say? Should we just each let each of us say ruck? Inspectors once, and then Matt can just splice it into random points during the episode. I'll go first with some intonation. Rack Inspectors? Well then. Um, the Rack Inspectors. Why did you try and make it sound sexy? Oh, Matt, Jesus. <laughs> it, it is pretty <laughs> sexy though. Like Piss Beast, the ultimate Rack Inspector. Bulging biceps. Uh, you see the Adam's yeah, favorite was... Mitch. Do you see the oh, Adam's know, favorite speak, player? Speaking X-Pools. of speaking oh. of homoerotic rugby scenes, did you see Vincent Chichuka change his shirt like four times? Nah, no, I didn't, I didn't pick up on is that. He, um, is he he is a level or what sort of rig is he running? He's a fucking slab. Like um, love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. no, no, I was like, fuck, I was like, I was questioning, I was like, Gee, my, my conservative white father is going to be wondering what his son's doing looking at this. Nice. Well, you got your intro, Matt. Yeah. No, the intro is <laughs> cool. fuck sex, Adam. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to log off and eat, eat some dinner. Uh, um, yeah, Mitch, Mitch, thanks so much. I'm going to harass you at some point tomorrow about fantasy. Uh, pick your brain on, on a few things. So, yeah, I need all the help I can get. Uh, Cool, cheers guys, have a good one.